Let us pray. Grant, O Lord, that because we have met together here today, life may grow greater for those who have lost faith in it, simpler for those who are confused by it, more secure for those who would escape it, happier for those who may be tasting the bitterness of it, safer for those who are feeling the peril of it, more friendly for those who are feeling the loneliness of it, and holier for all to whom life may have lost its dignity, its beauty, and its meaning. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Please be seated. Status update on the smell. It is not the fires of hell, which we heard a lot about in our gospel reading for today. Aren't you all glad you came to church? It appears um, right outside the store, if you go out into our north garden, there are uh, steps that go down into what we uh, lovingly call the crypt, but it's really just the basement of this space. And it appears that uh, someone had started a warming fire uh, perhaps last night, and so our, uh, our, our firefighter friends are doing further checks to make sure, but it sounds like all is well, even if it doesn't smell like all is well. And it's definitely not the hellfires. Our gospel for today captures the midsection of Jesus's Sermon on the Mount. We didn't get to hear this morning all of those lovely beatitudes and all of the ways that people are blessed. And we already heard from the Sermon on the Mount about the salt of the earth and the light of the world. And so today we just get to start right at verse 21, not with the abolishment of the law of Moses or of the Ten Commandments, such as Thou shalt not commit murder, but with a call to transcend such commandments. I wonder sometimes if Jesus just thought to himself, you know, the bar's just been set too low. What we hear today is about living Torah in a new and perhaps fuller way. It moves us from living life in such a way that would just protect us from sin into living life in a way that shows the fullness of living God with us, God in us, God through us. You have heard that it was said, says Jesus, to those of ancient times, you shall not murder. So, pop quiz. How many commandments are there? Do you ever have those moments where you feel like really good about yourself? Like, I'm doing great with these Ten Commandments? You know, I mean, we all probably covet, but me, not this hand nor this hand, have ever committed murder. <laughs> I'm doing pretty good, y'all. I mean, there are at least two, maybe even three that I have not done. <laughs> so sorry, friends. Jesus has come to reign on our parade. 
Because again, the commandments, the law of Torah, and the fulfillment of that law in Jesus Christ, it isn't about making us feel good. And if we're really honest, it also isn't about making us feel superior to those around us who perhaps in our mind are definitely worse than us. The commandments, the fulfillment of those commandments in Jesus is about living a holy and wholly loved life in Christ with each other. I'm going to say that again. It is about living a holy and wholly loved life in Christ with each other. Murder is about the law. Anger, what Jesus is talking about, that's about community. Adultery is about action. Lust is about devaluing and diminishing one of God's creation. Divorce in ancient times, and y'all, this is not me bashing men, it's just true, was about protecting one's own status, and that's the man's status. Because men, you were the only ones who could ever initiate a divorce. And Jesus says to those men, be mindful that you do not put your status above someone who's already vulnerable and less protected in society. Vows, oaths, those are public. But Jesus says, in all aspects of your life, live with honesty, not just when people can see. Truth be told, and I know I was making some jokes, this is not a joke, every time this passage comes up, I want to give it to another preacher. It's not a joke. Don't laugh. Truth be told, scripture like this has often been and is still continues today to be a weapon. Less, less about lifting us up as a community and calling us to be better with each other. And it is mostly used, hi friends, you can come on in if you want to. Mostly used to harm individuals. This scripture is used in some circles of Christianity to convince women to stay in abusive relationships. This same scripture is used to keep women submissive lest they commit a man, or unless they, unless they cause a man to commit adultery of the heart. None of those are true, by the way. Let us remember, this, this is a sermon on the Mount, okay? Sermon on the Mount, short for mountain. We don't know what those are in Oklahoma, I know, but they're tall. <laughs> Jesus was standing on top of a mountain. He was speaking to crowds of thousands, likely shouting at the top of his lungs so that the people in the back could hear every word that he said. This wasn't something he whispered into the ears of just a few not even to one individual in the cover of darkness. These words are not about how we live as individuals. Rather, these words are about how we live together as a community.
So for those of you who heard this scripture and are feeling judged, set it aside. For those of you who heard this scripture and are judging others, set that aside too. This message is for all of us. As Episcopalians living in the year 2023, this scripture is directly linked to our baptismal covenant. When we say that with God's help, we will respect the dignity of every human being. Likewise, this scripture is directly linked to the offering of ourselves, our souls and bodies. You all probably missed that because that's language from the Eucharistic prayer, right one service. Yes, I do believe that we are called to live our lives within certain parameters. And that's true whether it is a strict reading of Torah or the fulfillment of Torah in Jesus. However, I do not believe that Jesus speaks these words to be a bully. Rather, he is reminding us that in community, our actions matter, our words matter, our thoughts matter. He reminds us that being made in God's image is not an external claim alone, but internal, a spiritual claim. It doesn't just matter what we do to someone's body, says Jesus, but it matters what we do to their heart also. It doesn't just matter what we say to someone's face, says Jesus, but it matters what we say behind their back as well. It doesn't just matter if we murder someone, says Jesus, but resentment, spite, cutting people off, unforgiveness, and treating people as if they aren't human, that matters too. All of this matters not just to individuals, not just to those who give the bad, and not just to those who receive the hurt, but it matters to the life and flourishing of the community of those who gather in Christ's name. If you walk out of here today thinking that this message wasn't for you, then you have been fooled. And additionally, if you walk out of here today feeling shamed or unloved, then you've also missed the message. This scripture is not meant to condemn, but rather to remind us that in Christ Jesus, we are loved beyond measure, and we are called to live that love in real ways, here and now. You are loved by God. You were loved by God when you mess up. You were loved by God when you miss the mark.
and you were loved by God when you have been hurt or mistreated or diminished. All of us, all of us are loved by God, no exceptions. The choice, the choice we have today is if we will believe that and then not just believe that, but live our lives like we actually believe that. It's not easy. In fact, I think it's one of the most difficult things that we promise in our baptism to trust in the grace and love of our Savior, Jesus Christ. But if we won't do that, then why are we here? Amen.